Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, Hobby Hotline, Outtakes. We got on a riff about quarterbacks. I thought I don't usually do that, but uh, getting questions and just extemporaneously thinking about who the top quarterbacks are. So I thought it was interesting. Like I said, I don't usually do that. And rather than do an episode that mimics that, this is what came out the first time we batted around. It was Jeff Denson, Deafness, and uh, Brad Bethune. Texas card dude and some callers as well. Rich Klein called in, Amy Buchanan, uh, a few others. It was, it's always fun. But thanks sponsors, Tops, Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hug the Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, CompC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So uh, continue to enjoy the hobby, continue to enjoy Hobby Hotline, and uh, I will be back again tomorrow with another episode. What do y'all think going all in on Kyler Murray? I'm so a, I'm a fan. Did. Yeah, people are calling him the video game quarterback, right? Because he continues to do some incredible things, get out of some insane pass rushes, should be sacked two or three times, somehow develops to find a way out, get out of the pocket, and then throw something deep and make some big plays happen, or just get out of the pocket and run and scramble. The hard part, just like with anybody that's still very young, it's a high risk at any time. Mm-hmm. You can get hurt. How often do we see quarterbacks, ACL injury, some type of injury, or sometimes even an arm or an elbow from throwing the football? Those things can happen. Now, yeah, they can come back. Typically, in today's world, with most injuries, when players have to have surgeries, it used to be a year out. Sometimes they can be back in eight weeks now. It's incredible where the medical side of things and all that's gone in the sports science. I'm a huge Kyler Murray fan. It's just he's still very young. So there's those chances, but that's the risk you take, right? If you don't take a risk, you can't get the reward. Now, it's not like he's a secret to people. So as far as the buy-in, if you're talking about going in and buying like singles and buying rookie cards and whatever, you're still going to be paying a pretty penny for him. It's not going to be a cheap PC buy-in. He's one of the tops, and you're going to be paying the price for that. What does all-in even mean? Does it mean you're going after Kyler to the exclusion of others? Because there's so many alternatives in the hobby. Or, or does all-in mean you're going to get a, a big card of Kyler? Because all-in, if you're going to put all your chips, which all-in in pokers, I'm all-in and then on this hand, and winner take all. I think he's a winner. I think he is more durable than certain other quarterbacks. But all-in means I'm cashing out my Tom Brady's to go all-in on <laughs> Kyler Murray. I just don't know what that means. It's I actually amazing, too, that the height he is. There's only one other real quarterback, at least in, in, in the playing days of today, that's, I think, isn't he under six foot? He's like Russell a Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is, is, the, is, the, is the And that's it. Match. Most guys are like, most quarterbacks are like 6'2 or 6'4 or 6'5, so they can actually see over the linemen. Most times his linemen are taller than he is. Yeah. Think about that. Think about what he's doing, his size. But just it makes, like Russell Wilson. Yeah, it makes him less, notwithstanding, Russell Wilson just got knocked out. But a fluke thing. Right. I, I think some of those shorter guys are less susceptible to injury. And that was a hand Because they're thing, compact. You know? In values. Oh, Dak Prescott values. You know what I think about Dak, Dak Prescott values. I'll throw my little deal in. I was, even personally, me as not really like a huge Cowboy fan, being in Minnesota, I was pretty heavy on Dak. And then he ended up having that injury. And then he took a little bit of a dip. But that love came right back when we knew he was coming back to play. And most people did anyway, even after the injury happened. And there's always that possibility that, after surgery, the recovery may not go correct. He comes back. I think he's almost right back where he was. It's like any player. When that injury happened, 
People are like, oh, sell Dak. And that's when, again, it's that type of injury where he should make that comeback. He should be back, which he did. That's when you buy. I've got a decent amount of Dak Prism silver rookies. I think the value of his cards continues to be there. I don't load up on any one person, but I do like Dak. I, I, I think he's a hard worker. I, I don't think he's a top-tier quarterback. I think he's in the next group. And uh, is he good enough to lead him to a championship? No, unless... Like your guy, Trayvon, he's playing Dude, like a receiver yeah, on the defensive game. side of the ball. The ball's to him. If he's going to get an interception or two every game, Cowboys are going to go a long way, and Dak is going to have like a great season kid. handing off. Talking about Dak. So you said he is not in that top tier, which I could possibly agree with that. But I want to know who is in your top tier quarterback list. I think Patrick Mahomes. Uh, mm-hmm. And Tom Brady is th- this last year, next to last year, whatever. I don't know how he can keep going, but he's amazing. And the system is built around him. Mahomes, I think, is the most gifted quarterback in terms of throwing and stuff like that. Aaron Rodgers is right up there, although I'm mm-hmm. not sure his supporting cast is good enough. Josh Allen, I'm waiting to see. But right now, if I was going to start a franchise, would you really take Dak over Patrick Mahomes? I don't I think would. so. I don't know about over Mahomes. I don't think the Cowboys need to upgrade. But, so where do you uh, see Kyler right now? Second tier? He's probably in there. He's probably in or there, not. but not. I wouldn't take Kyler over Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Right. yeah. There's not many you would, you would take over Patrick. Well, it's, yeah, I think it should be hard for just about anybody unless they're really a hometown fanboy like uh, Brody the Kid and saying Derek Carr every two seconds. <laughs> he is up there playing great this year. <laughs> the whole Patrick Mahomes thing, and especially with him winning championships, being a Super Bowl champion, it's hard to take him out of that as he continues to play. Just amazing. So where do you see Justin Herbert? Kind of second tier right now? Group, Josh Allen. Yeah. Equivalent. Yeah. yeah. So would you group Dak into that, even though he's been in the league just a little bit longer? Yeah, he came into the league a little bit older because of his greater college experience. But, yeah, he's still a young quarterback. He can get better. But he's just in that next group. He's just not in the absolute top group. But, like I said, he could be a Super Bowl-winning quarterback with the right team around him. And he did also lose almost a year, too. Yeah, that's true. I forget he's got that one year missing now. But Right. Right. I'm a Cowboys fan, so. I I love that. When he was injured, if Jerry Jones had asked me, we have an opportunity with a bad leg Dak that we don't know if he's going to come back to trade him even up for Matthew Stafford to come home to Dallas. Would you do that deal? I I would think long and hard about that because I I think that'd be an interesting fan. Yeah, because I think Stafford is the real deal, and now he's got a chance to prove it. Yeah, I've been talking to Stafford before the season, and I've heard a lot of people, you know, I've even had. Big, heavy Detroit fans. And, of course, maybe some of that comes from the not winning success, right, in Detroit, like where they have that side. Not really looking at him as an actual player and having the talent around him now, man. I think it's going to be tough, real tough, especially come playoff time. But we'll see what he can do with a supporting cast and a good defense in the playoffs. Well, uh, just to I think complete, he can. complete my thoughts so I don't get in trouble with anybody, today I don't make that deal. Today, I don't yeah. trade Dak for Matthew Stafford, even though Stafford is having a great season, Dak's mm-hmm. having a great season. I don't make that trade because Dak, I think, is fully back, younger, and a great team leader. The way he rallies people around him, and he's taken a locker room that was quite polarized last year. Let's, yeah. And then when he jumped right back in, and you hear comments over and over from the players how – this year's different from any other year and that they're all gelling together and winning helps a lot. But you have to think that's Dak 
gelling that team and his leadership finally showing through. Are we going to see the, the, the slabs like prices on and cost of getting base cards, PSA 10? Are they going to drop with everybody sending everything in? We've never seen anything like this before. If you did 830000 a month, which they're really ramping up, that's on a course for 10 million cards being graded in a year. On the right. other hand, if they've got 10 million cards sitting there from last year, that just gets them to even. And uh, right. and they, I don't know that they're getting 830,000 cards submitted every month. They're not right now at these higher prices, but maybe they could. So they must think that. Yeah, I think the junk wax problem was that whole products that were opened up, no cards in the 88 Donruss set were worth putting in a showcase. Now right. people think if I get a PSA 10 or a BGS 10 or something, I, I could sell that perhaps. The junk wax slab era is not going to be across the board that PSA 10s are devalued. It's going to be the fact if you put in something a year ago to PSA of a person that was hot at that time, and even if you get back 10s now, if the person's out of the league or had some kind of a problem, then that's junk and you're going to wish you hadn't graded it and you're going to sell it for whatever you can get for it because the demand is not there, whether it's a 10 or not. Because mm -hmm. a lot of the newer cards are not hard. The gem rate group are breaking down those 830,000 cards. There's an awful lot of 10s, not on the vintage side, but on the newer side. And so a 10 PSA of an unpopular player that's not a big deal in any kind of registry, I think junk means it's going to go for less than what the cost of grade. And that's already happening for some cards. Even a 10. I have a count on ComC, and mm -hmm. I have cards graded that are not tens, I'm getting them picked off when they're priced by me at less than the cost of getting it graded. And if you're mm -hmm. a player collector of that person, that's an 8.5 or a nine of a more recent card, but it's less than the cost of grading. But nobody's gonna buy it to flip it, I don't think, Brad. That's right. my right. point. No, yeah. That's what makes it junk. But if you're a true collector, mm -hmm. then you're seeing this as a buying opportunity. If you're a Broncos fan, you, you're gonna pick up the Broncos. And you're going to be happy that you got them for half what you would have gotten because there's uh, an oversupply. So premiums for PSA grading of unpopular players are probably not going to be as strong. And that's like the junk wax slab phenomenon, right. perhaps. The man